0: Hello, and welcome to the Hidden Gnome podcast. Before we go any deeper, I thought I'd take a moment to let you know where we're heading. Today, we dive into one of the stories that Will White sent to his mailing list subscribers at some point in the last few years. All of these short stories are tucked away inside one or another of his worlds. Maybe Cradle, possibly Elder Empire, but probably Traveler's Gate. If you have never heard of those worlds before, then you do not have the training to extract full meaning from this journey. You may continue if you wish, but you may not reach true enlightenment. You'll know you were fully prepared for the story if we emerge from this podcast and you suddenly begin levitating and or glowing. Now, tighten the straps on your pack and raise your torch high, because we're delving into places unknown. Don't worry, most of you will probably make it out alive. A collection of swords. 359th year of the Damascan calendar, first year in the reign of Queen Leah I, six days since harvest. It won't come to a fight, Simon thought. In his head, Kayla's voice was even more smug than usual. Yes, it will. You'll find a way. I don't have to solve every problem with my sword. Kayla sighed fondly.
1: It's your innocence I love the most.
0: The door opened and Simon hurriedly stood. Lord Derval strode in, a balding man in his fifties with blazing yellow eyes. Everyone here in the Western Isles had eyes so vivid they almost glowed, and some gave him uncomfortable memories of Cormac. Derval stopped as he saw Simon waiting, making a sound of distaste. I hoped you would have the decency to leave. What is your business here, Damascan? Simon had showed up unannounced at the man's office that morning, bearing a message from the Queen of Damascus. Derval's servants had allowed him to wait inside for the Lord to return, and he'd spent the rest of the day in silent conversation with Kayla. Though she had no confidence in his ability to solve this situation without violence, he'd come prepared for a discussion, and nothing else. He was dressed in an uncomfortably tight maroon uniform that Leah had assigned him. Apparently all royal envoys wore something similar and he didn't carry a single weapon. He could summon Mithra with a thought, but he was determined not to. Ordinary people achieved results peacefully, so he could too. Simon bowed a fraction in the way Erastes had shown him. Lord Derval, thank you for your attention. I come from the- He realized he hadn't presented Leah's letters and belatedly thrust it forward. Queen of Damasca, you have an item in your collection that she wants. I mean, desires. She has an interest in your collection? He was trying to phrase the statement as Alan would have, but it came out as a question. Kayla's laughter echoed through his head.
1: That was better than I could
0: have dreamed. Simon was sure his face was red, so he hid it with another bow. Lord Derval snatched the letter. She needs to teach her messengers how to speak. I would demand she send someone trained properly, if I were willing to tolerate another visit. He scanned the message, then crumpled it in one hand and let it drop to the floor of his office. A servant scurried in and scooped it up immediately. Absolutely not, Derville said. What right does the Damascan Queen make demands of me? Simon wondered if he was missing something. She's the Queen. Not my Queen. I am a lord of the Western Isles, not a subject of Damasca. I understand. Believe me, I do. I come from the villages myself, but she does have a claim over the Isles. You pay taxes, you once sent sacrifices, and she maintains your territory roots. Derville laughed like a raven screeching, dropping into the high-backed chair behind his desk. She ensures her own self-interest, and on that basis I should accept her rule. I don't need to explain myself to the help. Leave before I have you thrown out. Simon met the man's yellow eyes. Your travelers aren't the ones who defend you from incarnations. For the first time, Derval looked uneasy. Why did you hear that? Not half a year before, Simon had personally led a small group of Allenhall travelers to destroy a newborn Naraka incarnation on the island west of Derval's. If they had been any slower, the incarnation would have reduced the island to ash, and Lord Derval's domain would have fallen next. The queen defends you because you're part of her kingdom, Simon said. Her father may not have enforced that claim, but she's protecting you now. To honor that, she only wants one item from your collection. It's a cheap trade for a defense against incarnations. After a second, he added, she's willing to pay fair price. Lord Derval's spine returned and he snorted. It's priceless. I'm uh, not sure I'm authorized to promise that much. Derval chewed on the inside of his cheek for a few seconds before he stood abruptly. Come with me, he ordered. Simon scurried after him, cautiously proud. Had he succeeded already? He snatched up the bag containing Kayla, and from within, the doll's smug laugh drifted into his mind.
1: That's not a man who's given up.
0: The island's lord led Simon down an opulent hall and to a bronze-chased door. You're not the only one who wishes to take something from my collection, he said, and pushed the door open. Inside, Durval kept a rich man's version of the Valenhall armory. Intricately designed and decorated weapons rested on pedestals or velvet cushions displayed for admiring eyes. Overhead, a domed glass ceiling let the fading afternoon light spill in to cast each exhibit in golden light. Simon caught sight of a carved spear with two silver heads carved like dragons. But otherwise, Derval's collection seemed to consist entirely of swords. A claymore wider than Simon's whole body stood straight up, its point embedded in the floor. A pair of cutlasses with emerald blades were strapped to a polished wooden shield. A miniature silver rapier, small enough to be used by Kayla, rested in a velvet box nearby. Hundreds of swords, each unique, filled the sizable room. Under other circumstances, Simon might have lost himself among the weapons on display, but he and Dervil were hardly alone. An Avernus traveler in leather and feathers examined a pile of shattered glass, an owl hooting on his shoulder. A woman with intense blue eyes, dressed like Dervil, interviewed a sweating guard. Servants scurried around the edges of the room, supervised by other men in guard uniforms. Simon eyed the shards of glass. Judging by the empty pedestal nearby, those must be the remains of an exhibit case. What happened here? Kayla sighed. Only last night, while I slept, a thief violated the sanctuary of my home and made off with one of my prized possessions, an obsidian dagger used by an original Naraka traveler. An alarming possibility occurred to Simon and he quickly scanned the rest of the swords on display, hoping to prove himself wrong. The sword we want, was it stolen? Derval made an offended sound. We want, you think highly of yourself for a messenger. In fact, no, your queen's trophy is perfectly safe, for now. He flicked his hand over to the right and Simon followed the gesture. On a wooden sword rack eerily similar to those in Valenhall, Dervol had displayed a curved blade of mirror bright steel. Its hilt was wrapped in blue, its blade short and thick, and splashes of bright blue ran up its flat surface like sapphire waves. Shifa, 11th of the 13 dragon's fangs. Simon moved closer, longing to take it right there. The eldest would leave him alone for weeks if he brought another dragon's fang home, and Leah would be delighted that Valenhall had room for another traveler. Maybe they would let Simon rest for a day, or even two. This is not the first time this thief has targeted my collection, Derval said, his yellow eyes burning. He's made off with a silver replica of King Malachi I's sword, as well as a very rare axe from Avernus. He must be stopped. If your queen will agree to reinforce my security here before another item is stolen, I would be grateful enough to sell the Ocean's Whisper. Ocean's Whisper? The name of this blade, Derval said, nodding to Shifa. Note the oceanic waves, the subtlety of its curves. It was created by the artisan Hadrien almost 20 years ago in a remarkable departure from her usual style.
1: It would be a remarkable departure.
0: Kayla remarked, as Hadrian had nothing to do with this sword. Simon gripped the bag so that Kayla would quiet down. Lord Derval couldn't hear her, but neither could Simon concentrate. He thought he saw a way to make it out of here with his blade and without spilling any blood. I would like to check out the situation for myself, Simon said. If I could stay in here tonight, I could observe your security in action. If we're lucky, I might even witness you catching the thief. Derval eyed him. I find it unlikely that the burglar would strike two nights in a row, and you'll be surrounded by my security team at all times, including two travelers. Simon pretended to think. At last, reluctantly, he said, I accept. Two hours after midnight, Simon leaned back in a chair, staring at the sword surrounding him. A few guards kept their eyes on him as they patrolled the room, including the Avernus traveler he'd seen before. His owl kept swiveling its head to keep Simon in view, hooting softly. Their scrutiny didn't bother Simon much. It wasn't as though they could actually hurt him, but being stared at for hours wasn't comfortable. But Kayla's advice was starting to grate on him.
1: What are you waiting for? It's right there.
0: Shefa gleamed, blue and seductive, only a dozen paces from where Simon sat. He could call Nigh Essence, grab the sword and be away from the building before the guards could shout the alarm. In fact, that was the heart of his plan. As soon as he'd learned about this phantom thief, he'd realized the possibilities. He could take the sword and vanish and everyone would blame the burglar. Leah could even deny having sent a messenger and the Westerners would assume Simon's mission had been a thief's clever disguise. One thing kept him in his chair, to steal the sword, He would have to fight someone, which would prove Kayla right. Even if he didn't kill anyone, he would have called on his powers to solve the situation. Simon had to show that he could do this without relying on Valenhall. If he could figure out how. Eventually, they'll stop watching me, Simon sent to his doll. When the moment comes,
1: I can slip the sword into my bag. This bag, the one I'm in now, I wasn't aware Shiva could shrink.
0: Simon opened his bag wide to judge its size, earning him an odd look from the nearest guard. The hilt might stick out a little, but I can cover that up.
1: I'm proud of you for trying something new, but this is beyond you. You're no thief.
0: Simon shifted in his seat as the Avernus owl hissed menacingly through its beak. What if I poison the guards, just enough to make them sick, distract them? Kayla giggled.
1: (laughs) Rebecca is going to love this. Where would you get poison, Simon? What would you poison? I could offer them tea. If they trusted tea that you summoned out of nowhere, they deserve to die. And I still don't know where you'd get the poison. If you've got a better idea, please share it. I do, as it happens. Take advantage of the thief's entrance, grab the sword, and simply walk out. Distraction is the criminal's friend.
0: Simon forced the smile off his face. Kayla, no thief is going to rob the same place two nights in a row.
1: I see. Then these ladies and gentlemen must be here to deliver your tea.
0: His chair tipped backward as a guard stumbled into him, choking. Clouds of yellow dust flooded the air, blowing in a steady wind out from a golden flower that sprouted in the middle of the courtyard. Asphodel, Simon realized, before his throat seized up. He clawed at his neck in blind panic at first, the sudden pain bringing nightmares of nigh chains surging back into his mind. Worse, Phantom Birdsong filled his ears, lulling him to sleep even as the poison strangled him.
1: Interesting. They disrupt your concentration and put you to sleep to prevent you from resisting. I wonder if this is why the guards didn't see anything. Help, Kayla, help me. Don't be so dramatic. It won't kill you, though I'm sure it feels like it will.
0: Simon called to the House of Blades, to a power he'd earned not long ago, a white candle flame. The important thing here is that I was right. Kayla added, even as the white flame flashed through Simon's veins, burning the asphodel poison away. The cloud had passed, short-lived, and he gasped a lungful of clean air. He staggered to his feet, leaning on his toppled chair to keep his balance. Steel joined the white flame, strengthening him in case of another attack. A group of young men and women, about Simon's age, stared at him from the entrance to the room. They were all dressed in drab shades of gray, and each wore the badge of a dark-feathered bird. Most striking were their eyes, which shone like torches in the dim light. Blue, yellow, green, orange, and purple eyes watched Simon with astonishment as he stood. Hit him again, Afrik, a short-haired girl urged, her violet eyes wide with fear. Mists swirled around Afrik's hands as he raised them, no doubt to summon another flower. The girl raised her hands as well, with a raven perched on one and a sparrow on the other. Avernus and Asphodel working together. No wonder even dervil's travelers didn't stand a chance, Simon realized. There were five youths here, and unless he was very much mistaken, they were all travelers. Wait, Simon called, his voice rough from the near strangling. We don't have to fight. I'm here for the same thing you are. The boy and girl in the front traded uncertain glances. After a moment, another of the girls spoke.
1: You're here to free the Isles from the House of
0: Lords? Not the same exact thing, I guess. I'm here to take a sword. An orange-eyed boy marched forward, drawing a blade of tartarus steel. We're no common thieves. We are the Nightingales, here to show that the real power in the Isles comes from- Simon waved at him impatiently. I don't care who you are. Listen, none of us wanna fight, do we? You take your sword, I'll take mine, and then we all go home. The guards won't remember anything in the morning, will they? The purple-eyed Avernus traveler looked to her friends first, but then shook her head. Perfect, take whatever you want. Two of the boys argued in hushed voices, but their discussion ended in seconds. The orange-eyed young man made a point of brushing his shoulder against Simon's as he passed, satisfying his pride. Simon couldn't have possibly cared any less. No violence, Simon pointed out to Kayla.
1: You did summon power from Valenhall. To defend against poison, that can't count against me.
0: The bag at Simon's feet shook as Kayla sat up. She actually poked her painted wooden head out, revealing a blue bonnet and blonde curls. Simon didn't believe it. She never moved unless she had to. He followed her gaze and saw what she'd already sensed. The orange-eyed boy had his hand on Shifa's hilt. Hold it, Simon called. Orange eyes turned to glare on him, deliberately lifting the dragon's fang off of its rack. He grunted at its weight, but he could carry it. Some of the other fangs would have required two of his team. Do you have to take that one? Orange Eyes laughed derisively, leaning Schafa's dull edge against his shoulder and readying his tartarous steel blade in his other hand. His companion, with eyes of winter ice, held out a hand for peace. This is Ocean's Whisper, Blue Eyes explained. It was created by an artisan from the Western Isles, and it settled a recent rebellion. When it goes missing, everyone will know what that means. Simon didn't, but he also didn't care. That is the one sword I need, you can take anything else. Kayla nudged his foot and the green-eyed girl noticed. She gasped and tried to get Blue Eyes' attention.
1: Summon Mithra,
0: Kayla suggested. I won't.
1: You should. It won't come to that. You know it
0: will. Blue Eyes turned to Simon, his expression hard. Stand aside, thief. Snow swirled around him as he called upon Helgard. Purple eyes hadn't banished her birds, and orange eyes was moving to flank him. Blue eyes was seconds away from completing his Helgard summoning. Green eyes had her attention fixed on Kayla, and the yellow-eyed Asphodel Traveler, Afric was drawing a pair of daggers. Frustration fueled Simon's plea. I don't wanna fight anyone. Then go to sleep, the purple-eyed Avernus Traveler said gently. Her sparrow and raven sang together in an eerie chorus that Simon had never heard from an Avernus before. It slid into his ears like warm syrup, guiding him softly toward sleep. Simon leaped, and even without the nigh essence in him, he moved faster than they could react. He slapped a bird out of each hand, disrupting the song and clearing his mind. By calling Diamond, he could have resisted the Avernus spell directly, but the power focused him too much. Under the influence of Valenhol's diamond, he would likely kill all five of them. Please don't make me do this, Simon said to the purple-eyed girl's face. He had even held back from killing her birds in what he hoped would be recognized as a sign of restraint. Orange eyes roared from behind him. Get away from her, he shouted, and his cry was overlapped by Kayla's smug voice.
1: Behind you, Simon.
0: Simon spun and raised his arm in time to catch a sword on his forearm. As the edge met his flesh, the room rang with a sound of steel on rock. His skin tightened with the power of stone, called from Valenhall, and the sword couldn't penetrate, at least not fully. Orange Eyes was still using a tartarous steel blade, made of the same material as the dragon's fangs. Even with the young man's limited strength, it was sharp enough to draw a thin line of blood. Everyone froze at the sight, all five of the nightingales staring in shock. Simon's arm should have been on the floor, but he stood there with little more than a nick. Into the silence, Kayla spoke. I win. I know, Simon said aloud, glaring at his bag. You're always right, and I should never bet against you.
1: So long as you've learned your lesson.
0: Simon pulled his hand away and turned his back on orange eyes, walking over to the giant claymore stuck in the floor. I wish it didn't always come to this. Learn to accept your fate. He leaped, landing perched on the claymore's cross guard. He seized the hilt in both hands. At least I don't have to summon Mithra. With the last word, he heaved with all the strength running through his body and hauled the massive sword out of the ground. He dropped down, using his momentum to swing the claymore up and onto his shoulder. The blade was the same length as his usual sword, Mithra, but it was ten times wider. The Avernus birds shrieked as they flapped away, terrified. The ice around Blue Eyes dissipated as his mouth worked silently, and Afric dropped one of his daggers. The girl with acid green eyes finally grabbed Orange Eyes by the shoulder.
1: That's what I was trying to tell
0: you, he has a doll. Kayla stepped daintily out of her bag and adjusted her
1: bonnet. You don't have to kill them, I think.
0: I'll try my best, Simon said, and inhaled a breath of ice-cold moonlight. Nigh Essence slowed the world as he dashed forward, sweeping the flat of his massive blade at orange eyes. The young Tartarus traveler crossed both his mirror-bright blades in a block, but he was sent tumbling backwards anyway. Afric summoned his giant golden flower, which Simon severed at the stalk, then planted a kick in Blue Eye's stomach. The purple-eyed Avernus had produced a crossbow from somewhere, which he splintered with a casual brush of his blade. With a surge of steel strength, he spun into an overhead strike that he halted just short of Green Eye's forehead. She had a bead-sized Endros gate in her palm. When he stopped the blade, the wind from its passage blew back her hair. Her gate vanished. Blue Eyes dropped to his knees, hands spread for mercy.
1: Please, we didn't know it was you. Spare us.
0: Simon let the claymore rest on his shoulder, examining the young man warily. He'd hoped to intimidate them, but this was too much. I planned to. Purple Eyes held her hands to her mouth, and Simon couldn't tell if she was horrified or delighted.
1: You're the queen's bodyguard, the one with the doll.
0: For a panicked moment, Simon thought he'd forgotten this girl's name. Have we met? Orange eyes crawled out of a wrecked display case, moving with the tenderness of someone who would be thoroughly bruised in the morning. You wore a black cloak, he said with difficulty. His scowl was gone, replaced by awe. You killed the Naraka incarnation by yourself. I was there. Andra and Lycus had been with him at the time, but he had to admit he'd done most of the work. I've had practice. Green eyes stepped forward, expression hopeful.
1: Take the sword, it's yours. If we'd known it was you, we'd have never. We're sorry, but can you speak to the queen for us?
0: Simon stared at her, waiting for her to fill in the rest of the story. There had to be more. Yellow-eyed Afric, by virtue of being an Asphodel traveler, was calmer than the rest.
1: Queen Leah defended us from the incarnation, not the lords, but they still won't accept her rule or protection.
0: We're trying to show that we need Damasca even more than they need us. Simon let the claymore fall with a deafening bang that caused everyone else to jump. You want to convince the lords to side with Queen Leah by stealing? Blue eyes shuffled in place. It makes them look powerless, proves that they can't even protect themselves. Simon walked over and seized Shifa from the unresisting orange-eyed boy. Sapphire waves glimmered against its mirrored surface. Sounds like we all got what we wanted. Goodbye. He hadn't quite shaken off his frustration. These children had made him fight. Maybe they had a good cause, or maybe they were just crazy. Either way, this was Leah's business, and none of his. The purple-eyed girl looked relieved, but Green Eyes spoke again, hesitantly.
1: Will the queen support us? Against the lords?
0: Halfway out of the room, Simon shrugged. I don't know what she'll do. If any other incarnations show up in the isles, I'll stop them. But I can't speak for the queen any further than that. Leah is looking for a unified Damasca, so I would guess. The rest of what he'd meant to say was drowned out. The nightingales reacted as though he'd taken a death sentence from their heads, laughing and crying and sagging in relief and clapping him on the back like a brother. Even orange eyes swiped at his tears with the back of his hand, and purple eyes ran up to wrap Simon in an embrace. Afric met him with a yellow-eyed stare. A unified Damascus, truly, with the Western Isles treated the same as any of the cities. They appeared to have read more in his answer than he'd said, but he didn't want to spoil their mood. That's what she says, Simon answered. I just fight monsters. The Western travelers laughed as though he'd told a joke. And for a group of thieves, they seemed to have abandoned stealth completely. Although, now that he thought of it, he supposed they didn't need to sneak or hide at all. They could put witnesses to sleep and wipe their memories, which seemed convenient. As he followed them out of the building, his view of the nightingales had started to soften. They had caused him problems, but they were trying to do the right thing. And they thought of him as a hero. That lightened his mood, or at least until Kayla hopped up on his shoulder and laughed along with them. Are you happy for them, he asked. No, Kayla sent through her laughter.
1: No, they're idealistic and naive. I'm laughing because they were working for you all along. If you had come in here wearing your cloak and carrying me, maybe summoned Mithra once or twice, they would have given you the sword without question. You didn't have to fight at all.
0: The smile slid off Simon's face. Congratulations, you've survived the Hidden Gnome Podcast. Today's story was A Collection of Swords by Will White, read by Travis Baldry. The next episode will be available when the lizard moles rise up to claim the surface world, which we expect to happen in about a week. Until that time, remember, always hike with a buddy. But first, make sure your buddy hasn't been replaced by some kind of shapeshifter. Maybe do a blood test.